Good afternoon. I'm Alexander Rennie, and I've taken the slightly questionable decision to walk up Ken Papel Hill, three miles uphill, in what has turned out to be a very miserable afternoon. So, uh, join me shortly atop the hill outside Bathgate, today's Forgotten Town. Bathgate, Linlithgosha, population 22,920. Rank number 469. You rejoin me as I've stood to the top Ken Papelville. It's a fascinating sight with a burial mound surrounded by low, shallow holes, which may constitute part of some sort of henge or other, and I very much look forward to reading all about it from the warmth of a public house later on. <laughs> So, having navigated my way back into town via the Knock, another summit of similar height at just over a thousand feet, which at least afforded half-decent views while still being windy enough to render all sight recordings utterly unusable, I have now found the warming hostelry which I desired. Here I read up that Ken Papel did indeed house a Neolithic henge, but also burials from the Bronze Age and early 1st millennium AD. Nowadays, however, it seems the good folks of this neighbourhood prefer the delights of the Ballancreef Inn, although it's debatable whether the provision of fizzy grapefruit beer named after dead rock stars actually constitutes an advance for civilization. <laughs> Turning to our trusty Bowlings of Scotland volume, we learn that for his part in a decisive Scots victory at Bannockburn in 1314, Walter Stewart gained the Barony of Bathgate as some sort of Man of the Match award, along with marrying the boss's daughter, Princess Marjorie, and thereby founding the powerful House of Stuart, about which we've heard plenty in previous episodes, into the bargain. What he'd think about Bathgate Castle, his old home and host to the fraught 1335 peace negotiations with the English, now constituting a ruinous hazard on the ninth hole of Bathgate Golf Course, we can only speculate. This place was therefore well established by the time other industrial towns in the area entered the picture, but Bathgate was equally affected by the discovery of coal and the shale oil boom, hastened by the work of James Paraffin Young, a coincidentally prescient name if ever there were one. Steel, engineering and car production all followed in their wake, and during the turn of the century heyday of Motorola, mobile telephone manufacture. The unfortunate side effect for the architectural historian, however, is that much of the late medieval building and street layout has been utterly erased, but the natives don't seem too perturbed, even if they are now more likely to be working in the distribution centres off the M8, as they benefit not only from decent transport links to Edinburgh and Glasgow, reasonable scenery on those rare clear days, and their own fair share of churches, theatres, shops, civic amenities, and, so I hope to find out, restaurants. Thank you very much. And so I've made the short walk to the Heritage Indian Restaurant on North Bridge Street, which I am confident will live up to its four-and-a-half-star billing on TripAdvisor. 
It's also a short hop to the station, thereby reducing the chances of my messing up my onward trip to Livingston after a couple of cobras. That will be our last stop on this rapid journey through the central belt and also the location of my much-needed overnight accommodation. Delicious. Haven't quite finished yet. <laughs> this is downtown Bathgate. It's a bad place to be, actually. Apart from the weather, it's well maintained. People seem to be having a good time. I had a good meal, had a couple of good drinks as well. Don't want to tempt fate, but even the train appears to be running on time. So, uh, on this positive note, we say goodnight to Bathgate. Bathgate, but I've never been to Livingston, Linlithgosha. Population.